Welcome to the City Life Podcast. I'm Tim Woody, the pastor of City Life Church in downtown Fort Worth. There is purpose for your life. There's a destiny you have yet to walk into, and there is hope regardless of what you're facing today. I encourage you to open your heart now to what God will be speaking to you over these next few minutes. Scripture tells us, honor your father and your what? See, you guys know that one. That is Sunday school. They are drilling it in the children's heads back there right now. You know, they're teaching that to them. But I love that scripture. And, but, but, but I'm going to challenge you to do this. You're going to love your mother in spite of her imperfections. Love your mother uh, regardless because we're commanded to do so by God. Honor. It's honor. It's simply honor. And the reason we do this is because we walk in the ways of God. Today might be a day where God's going to put it in your heart, a way to build a bridge, maybe back towards your mother, uh, in the event that relationship is not good. Why? Because God's love abides in you, and we honor our mothers regardless. So mothers in this room, I just want to encourage you to keep loving. Let Jesus just ooze out of you. And, uh, and, and, and I encourage you to do that whether you saw it in your mother or not. And pass along, start and launch a new legacy. But today, let today be a day of health for all of us. So get your Bibles open to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. 1 Corinthians 13, 4. Get your Bibles open to that. Hold your place there for a second. Uh, today, actually, I, I, I was, uh, as I was putting my message together, I realized today is the day, four months ago today, my dad passed away. He went to be with Jesus. I was right by his side with my mother and uh, several of my siblings. And, 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 and over the past few months, one of the challenges uh, that, we've, that I've walked through, we've all walked through, is, is, is kind of going through dad's possessions. And... <clears throat> And, and it's interesting because nobody's out to get something. Nobody's been that way with, with my family, which is wonderful. <laughs> very, very wonderful. But, but, it's, uh, but my, my mom asked me, you know, what, what, are you, what are you most interested in? I said, I, I, I care about what's in my dad's desk, uh, his, his writings. I, I care about his library. I care about those things that, that dad just poured his heart and soul into. And, uh, and so I've taken several loads back here to, to Fort Worth, and, and, uh, and last month as I was going through, through a bunch of his files, I found, over, over a couple of weeks, I found two interesting letters. I found letters that my mom had written to my dad that my dad had kept. He had kept them in his files, and both of these letters were, um, they were full of emotion. They're very personal, and they were full of emotion. I almost felt kind of bad reading them, but <laughs> well, Dad left them in his notes, and Dad probably figured well, I'd, I'd end up seeing them. I don't know, but I, <laughs> I found them. And uh, one of the letters was a painful letter. It was a, it was a painful letter. It was a, it was a time when my mom was writing out some stuff about just some deep stress that her and my dad were going through. And, uh, and stuff that I never, distress I never knew about. I was about five or six years old at the time when she had written the letter. The other letter, it was like, it was full of joy. <laughs> it was full of excitement. It was full of, of, of anticipation. And, and that letter was written to uh, my dad from my mom when I was a teenager. And 
In fact, what I've done, my mom doesn't know this. She doesn't even know I found that second letter, but I told her about the first one, and I found the second one, but that second letter, since it's so precious, I, I found it, and I have put it with something else I found. My dad had already gotten my mother an anniversary card for the summer because my dad would always plan ahead. Then my parents' anniversary would be coming up, so I'm putting that with my dad's anniversary card that he got for her, and I'm going to send that to her for the anniversary. So I hope mom's not watching this today. I hope she's in church. Better be in church, mom. But it, um, what I found interesting about the two letters, as I kind of pondered them, and why my dad would keep those two letters, I don't know, but obviously he wanted a reminder, something that was in those letters as a reminder. But both of those letters... The painful letter and the joyful letter, both of them just overflowed with love. It was so evident. It was so evident. There's no way my dad could have read either of those two letters and not felt love from my mom. No wonder he kept them. Now, I'll just be honest with you. I'm very, very blessed. I'm blessed because I was raised in a love-filled home. Uh, yeah, we had conflict. Yes, there were some difficult times, some very difficult times. Time, you know, all families face that, but in my home, I was raised in a home where love was always present, and I'm blessed of it. I was just blessed for that. I'm grateful, but I recognize and know that not all families have been raised in homes like that. But today's message is for everyone, regardless of where you are in this continuum of, of how you were raised with or without love. And the title of my message today is Searching for Love. Searching for love. There's so many people that are searching for love, uh, maybe from their parent or from their spouse or from their children, or they're searching for love for this, this elusive future partner. See, there's this hunger that's in us to be loved. And that's an intense craving. It's an intense hunger. In fact, that's something God built into us, so it's very normal. And that, but that love absolutely must be the foundation of all of our Christian relationships. I, I did a little fun on this, and sometimes I'll do this when I'm preparing for a, a sermon. So I, I just did an internet search, and, and my search terminology was searching for love. And I found some interesting things. All of a sudden, first thing, I don't know, it's like how your computer kind of knows you. And, and so it, it, the first thing that popped up really big on the screen was an 80s song called Searching for Love. And I, so I didn't even know the song existed, and it pops up, and I'm like, oh, it's an 80s song. And I clicked on it, like, I don't even know that song. What am I, what am I doing? They've already sucked me into their world there. Um, and I, I, found, uh, I, see, I, I found several books, several books about how to find love, searching for love. I also found, I, I, I scrolled down a little bit further, and I, I found a song by Johnny Lee from 1980. Some of you guys know that, especially if you watched The Urban Cowboy or if you were around a long time ago, you know. You know, looking for love in all the wrong places. You know that song, right? I'm singing at Billy Bob's tonight. All right. But I also found several articles. This was interesting. How to find love in 10 easy steps. Like, that was a joke. Like, why would I even click on that? I was like, no, I'm not going there. Another one. How to meet your soulmate in five steps. Like, whoa, it's getting easier. And then there's another one. 34 tips on how to love and uh, how to search for love. Uh, I, the, probably the most interesting thing I found was something called the love calculator. Now, you, sometimes you'll see stuff and you're going, ah, now, if I click on that, it's going to put a bunch of 
uh, trackers and cookies and stuff on my computer, and I just don't know. I don't want that. And I thought, wait a minute. I'm using Firefox. I have all my stuff. I have my walls built up. I'm going to click it. <laughs> so I clicked it, and, of course, it was one of these, these dumb little websites that says, okay, enter the name of your name and the name of somebody else. And, uh, and then you enter the two names, and then you click uh, you know, search for love. And then, and then you do the love search, and it gives you the percentage of a chance that you will actually have successful love. And so what did I do? Well, of course, I put in Tim and Rebecca. And I'm like, all right, let's see how good this thing works. And it came back, you have a 23% chance of having love. <laughs> I was like, okay, this thing is purest junk. And I actually, like, copy-pasted what it says. It says, the chance of, your, of the relationship working out between Tim and Rebecca is not very big. But a relationship is very well possible if you really want it to and you're prepared to make some sacrifices. You'll have to spend a lot of quality time together and you must be aware of the fact that the relationship might not work no matter how much time you put in or invest in it. I had to do it. It, just, it sucked me in. It sucked me in. And after I got, got through with it, I thought, you know, this, is, this stuff, like, what are they? Obviously, they're selling stuff. So, so you know, and they're wanting to track my every, every, because all of a sudden, all these things popping up says, you're being tracked, you're being watched, you're being followed. And it's like, nope, 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 kill all that, kill, 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 kill. That's what I get. <laughs> We're searching for love in all the wrong places, all right? But the truth is, we all want and need love. That's critical. But there's a problem. There's a found, foundational, a, a, a fundamental problem in this whole thing of searching for love. Because truth be told, we spend way too much time searching for love. And you're going to see today that love is here. Love is now. Love is a choice. Love is God. Love is God in us. And love is God flowing through us. So here's my challenge for you today is to quit searching for love. Just quit it. Quit searching for love because it's right in front of your eyes. Most people, in their search for love, even when they are doing it, they're searching for the wrong thing. And I, I, I believe it's time we have a very clear understanding of what the script, from the scriptures of what love truly is. And, and so that we are not trapped in some shallow or emotion-based uh, pseudo-definition of love that we just have in our heads or that culture has given to us. Because in reality, love likely won't get found if you're constantly searching for it. There's a better way. I'm going to talk about the better way today. I'm going to talk about this, this right kind of love. I'm going to talk about how to engage the right kind of love. But first and foremost, hear me well, your goal should not be to get love even though we crave it. We crave it, we want it, but that should not be our goal. Our goal should be to give love because that's actually the scriptural principle. God loved us first, therefore we love others. We love first, and then doors open up. First John 4, 7 says this. It says, dear friends, let us love one another. For love, okay, catch this, it comes from God. See that? And everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. So are you a Christian? Do you know God? Then love, because love is what Christians do. So searching for love is actually a misdirection of your energies, and quite often it just simply ends in frustration. 
And in truth, some of you are still searching for love from a parent. You're still searching for love from, from someone who never has really given it, but you still want it. But today's the day you can be healed of that, and you can even begin moving forward. It's time that we, we just need to shift our efforts from searching for love to becoming distributors of love. And, and I'll tell you, the command that we find in the Scripture to love, it is the most extreme command that exists in the entire Bible. It is an intense command. In fact, Romans chapter 13, verse 8 says it very, very well. It says, let no debt remain outstanding. In other words, pay your bills, okay? Except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. So he's saying that you're supposed to live in debt. So today I'm preaching, live in debt, but it's a specific kind of debt. it's, It's being indebted to others and continually distributing love, understanding that you will never pay off that debt of love. You are to always, Scripture says right here, you are to always owe people more love than you've already given and even more love than you're getting. What this is saying is you cannot overdo love. You can't. And if you live this way, you fulfill the law. That means you're able to do anything that the Scriptures tell you to do. It's, it's about living generously. This is, this is foundational for Christianity. And I'll tell you, even, even in my place, I'm still growing in this. I'm still learning this myself. But I want to do that. I want to be in debt to others with my love so that there's constantly the need. I'm going to give you more love. I'm going to give you more love. I'm going to give you more love. So what is the Bible definition of love? Well, I, I have one here for you. I, I put this together. Love is this. Love is choosing. That, that, that word right there is really important. Choosing undefeatable benevolence, unconquerable goodwill, always seeking the highest good of the other person, and believing the best of the other person. Now, that is the lifestyle of a true lover right there. But be careful because your feelings, your emotions will sometimes lie to you. And you can't rely on your emotions when it comes to love. Because your emotions will be all over the place. One day you're like, oh, I just feel so good. And the next day it's like, I don't feel. But if you follow your emotions, that's a dangerous place to go. Because that's going to be uh, complete instability. That's not where love is based. That's why love is so elusive to so many people. Because they, they look at it based upon emotions and based upon feelings. And that's, that's a dangerous place to go. So, so hear me well. Love is a cognitive choice. It's not an emotion. It is. We choose undefeatable benevolence. We choose unconquerable goodwill. We choose to always seek the highest good of the other person. We choose to believe the best about the other person. Now, I want you to look in your Bibles in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. This is our core scripture for today. And, and this is actually one of the best passages that's in the Bible of what love is and, and how love is to be expressed. And, 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 and my prayer, my prayer in, pre- in preparation for this is I, I just pray that these words right here will bring Holy Spirit conviction in the house. I want to be convicted to love more. I want to be convicted to have a greater debt of love to others. So here it is. So the, the conviction is for me, and I'm praying it for you as well. So, so hopefully you're not going to get out of here without a little bit of Holy Spirit conviction. Look at this. Verse, uh, verse 4, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. Here's the questions to ask. Am I being patient with that person? Am I being kind with that person? 
Can I refuse to envy that other person? Am I trying to one-up that other person? <laughs> Love means I'm not going to try to act better than the other person. That's what all this means. That's real love. Look at verse 5. Love does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong. So think about this. Let this go into your heart and mind. <clears throat> love honors. So are you going to honor them? Love always seeks the best for the other person. Can you do that? Love means you're going to keep your temper in check with that other person. Will you do that? Love means that you're going to refuse to keep a list of all their faults and what they've done wrong. Will you do that? If so, that's real love. But there's more. <laughs> we got to keep going. Verse 6. Verse 6 says, Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. And really, what this means is when something bad happens to them, are you willing to refuse to gloat? And it also means when something good happens to them, are you going to rejoice with them? Are you going to be happy with them? That, my friend, is real love. Look at verse 7. Love always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. So here's the question. Are you going to protect their reputation and their well-being? Are you going to trust them? And, I'll, and, and actually, in the, this entire list, trust is the most difficult one. It is. Are you going to trust them? Well, they let me down before. Are you going to trust them? Everyone has let everyone down before. Are you going to trust them? That is hard. How in the world can I trust, Pastor Tim? That comes from God. You can't, you can't psych yourself up. It comes from God. Are you going to keep hoping the best about them? Hoping for the best. Are you going to persevere and stick with them through thick and thin when they're down? My friend, that's real love. So why in the world do we love like this? Well, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8 says this, Above all, let us love each other deeply because, this is the because, love covers a multitude of sins. Now, in reality, nobody wants their sins or their stuff or their faults out there, do they? Nobody does. Nobody does. Nobody wants to, to put it up on the big screen. Nobody does. So love keeps that from happening. And so, so when we love other people, and it says love one another, and that means that's speaking of the family of God, what that means is you're not going to criticize them based upon their shortcomings or their failures. See, this, this is what creates healthy relationships when we actually do love this way. And, and, and it doesn't mean that you don't confront sin. That's not, that's not what it means. And it, it just means that you cover it, that, that you're, you're not going to put it out there for everyone. Uh, the sin isn't covered up by God. God sees, God knows, God deals with it. But to us, we cover it because we love. You see that? Love is being able to know the imperfect and even the bad things about a person and choosing to love them in spite of it. That right there is something that you need to, that, that you need to, you need to tweet that. <laughs> memorize that one i'll say it again love is being able to know the imperfect and even the bad things about another person and choosing to love them in spite of it you're not going to take up an offense against them you're not going to exaggerate about what they're doing you're you're going to choose to forgive you're going to bear with them and you're going to move forward and then think about that if you're on the other side of that wouldn't you want a friend who does that wouldn't you want someone in your life a few people in your life who's going to do that family member 
a church member, a lover. <laughs> yeah, of course. But it also goes a little bit deeper. Love is knowing the imperfect and bad things about yourself and choosing to love yourself in spite of it. You see, we are our best critics, aren't we? Yeah. I have said this before. If you talk to others the way you talk to yourself, you, then nobody would like you. <laughs> right? We are our own worst critics. So that's why we have to begin to turn things and begin to love ourselves. And I, I tell you, one of the greatest reasons that I've found as a pastor why people can't love others is because they can't even love themselves first. They can't love themselves. They, they know, you, you know the reality about yourself. I can't love myself. I don't even like myself. So how can I love others? The challenge is, is, that, is that you're not allowing enough God of God, His Holy Spirit, to flow into you because God is love, and, and you're not letting that flush through you, so therefore you think you're not good enough. So you can't love others. You can't love others when you don't even love yourself. So here's my challenge to you right now. It's this, is to be full of God's love and love yourself as God loves you. You want to do that? Then you can be a giver of love. This is really what it comes back to. When you begin to do this, then you can begin to be a giver of love. You can be a distributor of love. Then you're going to notice things are going to begin to change in your relationships and with people all around you. You can become a dispenser of hope. You can become this person who simply perpetuates the love of Jesus. They may not even see it and know it as a love of Jesus, and you don't have to say that, but it's just God going through you, and people will know that it's different. And I say, yeah, but... All these different ways of loving people that you're talking about today, Pastor Tim, it's not easy. I don't know if I can do all that. Well, good, because you can't. You have to have God in you flowing through you in order to accomplish this. So expressing love, it really comes down to this. It's simply letting God flow through you because God sees all. God knows all. He knows the imperfect and the bad things about you, but God chooses to love you in spite of it, and you know that. And so what you got to do is just let that love pour through you, and then your love is going to grow stronger, and it's going to be, and, and you're going to be more resilient, and love's going to flow out of you. Then you'll find yourself beginning to love the way God loves. See, people who live like this and people who love like this, people who dispense love, you begin to attract other people who are doing the same. You're going to find this attractiveness, this, this warm uh, scent about yourself, in a sense, that's going to draw others to you. Now, please understand, this is not some little trick that you play on a person, well, I'm just going to love them unconditionally because they're always mean to me and they're never liking me and, and this is the way I'm going to fix that relationship. Well, th they have to choose to love too. That, it, it's not some little magic trick, okay? It, it, does, it doesn't just automatically work, well, this is going to reciprocate because they have to make a choice as well. But when you love, when you love generously, you don't have to search for love. Get this? That's just it. That's it right there. So stop searching for love and begin living love. Stop searching for love and start living love. God loves you. Forgive yourself so you can be an instrument of love. 1 John 4, 8 says this, whoever does not, lo does, not love, does not love, no God. Because that's actually God's identity. God is love. Be a lover. Be a lover. Take, 
take the conditions off of your expression of love and watch what will happen around you because God is love. God's spirit dwells in you if you're a believer. This can work. No, it will work. Final reminder before we pray. Stop searching for love and be a generous giver of love. I'll say it again. Stop searching for love and be a generous giver of love. Things will shift in your world. You're going to be so fragrant, so attractive. As I close today, I, I want us to pray for a few things. First of all, if you've never received the love of God, if there's sin in your life, you've not given your life to Christ, now's the time to do so. And then, but we're going to pray about a couple of other things as well so that God can work in us and through us because I believe there's, a, there's some healing God wants to do. But first and foremost, if, uh, just, just close your eyes all across this room. And if you're not in a relationship with God, you're not in right relationship with God, I, I just want to encourage you right now to make things right with God. If you're watching online, I want you to, to even let some of the people know there online that you want to pray this prayer with me. There's sin in your life. You need for it to come clean. You, you, you're ready to be clean before God. You're ready to receive His love. He'll pour it into you generously. I'm telling you guys, He will pour love into you so generously like you can't even imagine. And begin to flush out so much of the hurt, the pain, the shame, condemnation. If that's you this morning, and you want to pray this prayer with me and receive Christ in your life, would you just lift your hand at the count of three? That way I can pray with you. One, two, three. Thank you. Thank you. Put your hands down. If you lifted your hand, I want you to pray this with me. And in doing so, receive Christ, receive the love of Christ into your heart and into your life. Please pray these words. Dear Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Pour your love into me. I make the choice today to depart the past and to embrace the future that you have for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Here's what I'd like for us to do now. I want everyone to stand across this room because I want us to pray and go a step further. One of the things that prevents love from flowing is we hold on to offenses. As I've been sharing this message, different things have been going on in your minds. <clears throat> um, and one of those things that may have been going on in your minds is, but yeah, but this person, I don't even know how I can love them because of whatever. And I'm not asking you to try to go and maybe it's a relationship that's, that's broken and it's, but you, you still, you you may not have to go back and try to fix it or repair the relationship. For some, yes, every situation is different. But if you're holding unforgiveness and offense and those hurts in your heart, you're holding on to that, then that's going to prevent the love of God from flowing and working in you. And you're, you're going to just feel so bound up. And it's time today to get free. I'm just going to ask you to do something with me. <clears throat> I want you just to picture, I want you just to put your palm up, put, put your hand out in front of you, just look at that. I want you to picture that person and the offense in the palm.
palm of your hand. That person and that offense, whatever it is, whoever it is. Nobody has to know in this room. That's just between you and God. But you know what you're praying for right now. You know who. You know what's going on. What I'm going to ask you to do right now in the beauty of this moment is I'm going to ask you just to lift it up to God and give them and give that situation to God. Just lift it up to God and ask God to take it. And I want you to pray these words with me. Jesus, today I make the decision to forgive and to release, to let go. I will not be bound up with these offenses anymore. I choose your love, and I choose to love this person regardless of what they've done. And I let go of my offense. I let go of my bitterness. I let go of my resentment. And I choose to walk in freedom. In Jesus' name. Amen. Would you just lift both hands to the Lord right now? And I want you just to begin to receive his love. Come on, just begin to receive the love of God. God, I pray that you'll pour your love in. Pour your love in. Pour your love into us. God, we want to be lovers, God. We want to be full of your love. We want to be dispensers of your love. God, we want to we want to love the way your word says, God, but we need you. Come on, just tell the Lord. Say, God, I need you. God, I need your love. I need you. I need your spirit. God, pour more of your love into me. Pour more of your love into me. I'm not satisfied with the amount of love that's in me. God, I want that love to pour into me. And God, right now, we also just choose collectively that we are going to be dispensers of love. We're going to give love. We're not going to hold on to it, but we're going to give. And we're just making the choice in this room. We're going to be indebted to other people continuously with love. Let the debt of love be sky high. God, let that be in our lives. Let it be so that we will reflect the glory and the life and the presence of God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Everybody says, amen, amen. Come on, lead us in this closing song. Have you discovered your street of influence? Whether it be family, government, business, arts and entertainment, faith, health and vitality, or education, head over to culturalstreets.com and discover your street today.